Yeah, I, I tell people often my journey isn't just for me. I mean, your journey is incredible. The the story about your mom and your dedication and everything that you're doing. I'd love to get into that if you're if you're. Oh good yeah, with that. yeah, I, that's the part that I love to share because it's. I think we find that um, that balance or that that safety or that comfort after tragedy, and it takes us a moment to get there. When we do find it, I mean, it just opens so many doors. Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. I'd like to welcome you to the Successful Mind Podcast, and I have a very special guest today. Um, I want to just read your introduction so I really get this down and everybody (laughs) understands what we're doing. DeMarc is an actor born in Washington, D.C. and raised in both D.C. and Maryland. He began his acting career in 2011 in a featured role in a film, After Earth, starring Will and Jaden Smith. His journey quickly moved to further roles on network television shows on CBS, NBC, and HBO. His life took a turn with the passing of his mother, and since then, he's dedicated his career to her and keeping uh, the promise that he made shortly before she passed. He moved to Los Angeles in January of 2015 and immediately got to work. He speaks life daily to his journey and, and, and purpose and often tells others that the path he's on isn't just for him. It's also for others who are willing to take a leap of faith to pursue their dreams. DeMarc, welcome. Welcome to the Successful Mind Podcast. It is such an honor to have you here today. Thank you, David. I appreciate you. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, so I would love to start off, uh, and we'll we'll see where this goes, but could you tell us the story of your mother? I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I heard the story. I've watched you tell it to other people. Mm-hmm. And it just it just moves my heart to just hear this. So if, could you share that with everybody? What happened? Absolutely. So and um, so my mom, it's, she started to have a series of brain tumors. And she had surgery, and like open head surgery on two of them. And, you know, went through chemo and all. And everything was fine for a while until one particular time where she told me that this tumor had come and there was nothing they could do. So they couldn't go in and do radiation. They couldn't operate. It was, it was her choice. She said, you know, just to take a chance at it or to go ahead and just come to the conclusion that this would be it. And without hesitation, she said, well, no more surgeries. I mean, within this, within the same breath, she's like, no more surgeries. And that moment was the bravest thing I've ever seen. I mean, outside of anything I've ever watched, any story I've ever heard, that was the bravest moment I've ever seen. And I was sitting there like, okay, did my mom just say this was it? And this, while taking it all in, you know, this brain tumor was so aggressive, it began to impact her speech her vision and her mobility at the same time. So it was, it was just, everything was just happening so fast. Like this conversation we're having right now, just her speech would be interrupted with 
trying to get the words out. I'm like, oh my gosh, is this thing really doing this much damage? And it was to where she couldn't see, all she saw were like shapes and forms, but not actual things and or people in front of her anymore. And this is happening really fast, right? Yes. Like when she finds out she has it to, to all this experience. Yes, so I would say um, March of 2013 is when she told me that they found this tumor leading up to April when now she's at home at a home hospice. So we're taking care of her 24 seven. And then May 13th is when she passed, but we had a, a long talk and this is the last talk that we had. And this, that was in April of 2013. And she talked about my acting career. She was like, I know you have this background in computers and she says, whatever type of security you do and it's cyber security. She said, but you have a love and a passion for acting. And I see it in your face. I saw it every time you booked something, you were just so excited. It reminded me of that time when you were a child and we would give you a toy and you would just light up. And she said, I love that part of you. I love to see you just jump all over the place even though I told you to sit down. It's still <laughs> it's brought joy to my heart. And she said, promise me that you will pursue this because as you can see, life is short. And I took a long, deep breath because at that moment I felt like that this was going to be our last talk. And I told her, I promise, you have my word. I promise you, mom, I'm going to pursue this acting career from today on. And when May 13th, 2015, she passed. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you. Thank you. The, the impact was, it's, it was just devastating. And, you know, my head was spinning. Everything was just a blur. But at that moment, that's when I knew I'm not going to go back on my promise I made to my mother. I can't do it. And, you know, went through everything, the funeral in May of 2013. Um, I took pretty much the entire, almost the entire month of June off of the job that I had. I was working doing cybersecurity with the Department of Energy. And I went back to the office and I remember telling them that today is my first day back, but it's also my two week notice. Wow. Yep. I, I went ahead, I went ahead with the pedal to the floor. And July 15th, 2013, I walked out of the door at Department of Energy with two fingers in the air, never to look back again. And that started everything. Now, you just knew immediately that was like, that was it. That was the decisive moment. You're going to change direction. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is where you're going. How certain were you about acting before this happened with your mother? I wasn't so certain. It was... It was always a thought. It was never anything I said, oh, I'm going to pursue this. Because I was doing some modeling in DC. Okay. And I've been, I was in fashion shows. I've done a few spreads, you know, a few athletic pictures and some uh, fashion pictures. Now those are some pictures. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And it's, it didn't, didn't dawn on me until I was at my desk. And I remember my friend Najiba sent me a, an email in 2011 stating that there was a production in Philadelphia looking for tall athletic guys. Well, I'm 6'3". I was, I've been working out since I was 14, so I was in really good shape. Yeah. And I had my modeling pictures. And I said, well, 
Okay, yeah, thanks, Najib. I'm going to send this over to them. And sent them a note, real short. Hey, I heard you were looking for a tall athletic guy, so I'd like to submit my picture. And uh, let me know if you need me. And within a day, I received a note back stating that, okay, we would like you to come to Philadelphia. It's going to be a two-hour audition. This is my first time auditioning for anything ever. It's going to be a two-hour audition, and then we'll let you know afterwards. Great. So I put in my time and said, hey, I told my office I'm going to an audition. I'll be in Philadelphia. I'm coming back the same day. Drove up there, did the audition. It was two hours. Um, tried on the costume. They wrote my name on the board. I held it up, took a picture. I drove back that same evening. Made a stop, though, to get a uh, chicken cheesesteak. <laughs> <laughs> drove back that same evening. And it's like, wow, that was fun. And then... I think it was, it wasn't even two full days, but I, afterwards I received a call stating, you booked a role and we'd love to have you on the set for the next week. It's like, wow, wow okay, wonderful. This is an exciting time. I had a ton of Hilton points for all the traveling I used to do with my, <laughs> yeah, my job. Sure. So I was like, I'm not gonna pay for a hotel. It's, I mean, I can get this hotel room for a week for this many points. So I did, I used my points to get a room. And I remember my first day on the set, the first time walking in, I was blown away. It was like, I was drawn into everything. Just, you know, the trucks and all of the, the props and everything else. And I just looked to my left and there was a 16 wheeler outfitted as a gym. And I, it just blew me away. I was like, they took the back of a 16 wheeler and made this thing into a gym. And I'm sitting there looking at it. It's like, I need to get in there somehow to work out. And in that thought, someone walked across from me or walked in front of me and said, morning, dude. I said, good morning. Will Smith. <laughs> he said, yeah, how you doing? So I'm doing well. It's a pleasure to meet you. I guess I'm working with you this week. He's like, yeah, yeah, you're part of my army. And uh, everybody's meeting over there. I was like, all right, well, thank you. And that was the start of my entire career. That was the movie After Earth. And everything wow. snowballing from there. So that had to be like surreal. It was. It was. It's, it was one of those times where I think back to where I am right now in my acting career. Yeah. And I think back, it's like, how many more people can say that they started their career on a really big budget film <laughs> off of a chance of an email coming from a friend who lived in New York, and she just thought I was good for the part or whatever they were looking for. And I was like, okay, well, let's just see what happens. And there it was. I, I sat there, I spoke with M. Night Shyamalan, I spoke with wow. Jaden, I spoke with Will. It's like, this is extremely surreal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. What so so how long how long were you working on that movie? How long did that take? I was there for a week. A week. And yes. And we shot, I would say, an average of 10 hours a day. Really? Yes. So those days you hear about on set are really they that's true. They really are really long. They are. Yeah, they were really long days. But I was having such a good time being on set, you know, craft services feed the mess out of you. So yeah. I was eating well. I met a ton of really good people. I was in a movie. It's like, this is great. So those 10 hours 
I mean, honestly, they felt like just a few hours at the end of the day. I bet. I bet. What was your, what were you thinking about your mom while you were on that set? I would look up to the sky and I would say, I hope I'm making you proud. And it was just one of those moments because I did after earth before she passed and after she passed. And when I made my way to, Oh, actually, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm skipping over a bunch of things. When, after she passed, I would, um, I booked a couple of roles with NBC, but then I was on the set of the Hunger Games Mockingjay in Mockingjay 1 and 2 as a peacekeeper for two weeks in Atlanta. And that's when I would look up to the sky and I would say, I hope I'm making you proud. So now on the, on the set of this first movie with Will Smith, Smith, this mm-hmm. is after you made the promise to your mother, yes? This was before. Before you made the promise to yes. your mother. Okay. This, this was uh, 2011. Okay. Yeah, 2011. So, okay. So what was the first thing that you did uh, acting-wise after you made the promise to your mom? I believe that was the show Revolution that was on NBC at the time. And... I filmed that in North Carolina. I filmed that, that those two days in North Carolina. Okay. And then there was another show, it was called Hostages. And I filmed that one in New York. Okay. I do remember that, yeah. So those are almost like back to back. So, you know, it would, here's something that's interesting. And, and one of the reasons that I know this is because my daughter pursued an acting career for quite a few years, and she got very disenchanted with it. Um, the, the competition was extraordinarily fierce. It's like there's a million people going after the same role. Yes. Uh, it, it, you know, and, and we, her and I had this conversation about you know, if you're going to do this, your heart has to be completely in it. You got to be totally dedicated to it. And you, and you really can't turn back. You got to just put everything in, you know, in your, your, your own will and determination in order to do this. Correct. Now, what's interesting in, and success, basically, anywhere that you look at it, one of the things that I run into with individuals is the desire to actually stick with something uh, when it's not working or they're struggling or they're, they're learning how to get there. Have you noticed any difference in your desire to achieve what you want from before your mom got sick and afterwards? Was, was there anything inside of you that shifted? Uh, and I'm just, I'm just curious if there was and what that's been like. There was. And as you stated, then there is a lot of competition and I had to shift away from, okay, I'm competing against this person from this role because majority of the time when I would go into the audition room and we're sitting and waiting and all, there are are gaps. And I call these gaps because there are times where you can go into the audition room and people are conversing with one another and you become friends. These friendships, these relationships actually lead to something else. And some of these people are already working on their own production, but they're still auditioning for roles. So in my head, it's like, I got to get away from 
I'm competing against this person, but I'm going in there to show these the, the casting directors and all who I am. So I kept telling myself, this is who I am compared to what I would think before of I'm competing against them to get this. Okay. And this is, I, I've been a competitor pretty much all my life from martial arts to track and field and everything wow. else in between. But I had to get away from the competition aspect of it to here I am that you've never seen me before. And I'm presenting myself as this person in this role. And I just kept speaking that and developing it as an actor as well, as well as working with my acting coaches, because they would tell me, and they were, my acting coaches are very honest. They would say, we've never seen anyone like you before. We've never yeah. had anyone like, yeah. And they've been in this thing for a long time. It's like, but we want to develop this because we don't want you to try to go in and show them what they think they want to see. We want you to come in and show them who you are so they can be like, wow, the same way you did to us. So what? So when they said they've never seen anything like you before, what were they referring to specifically? Do you know? I believe, and, and I think back to my first coach, uh, Robin Dale Myers at Margie Haber Studio. And she was the one who first told me, you know, just my stature, just my smile, my demeanor. And she said that people are drawn to you for some strange reason. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. I, I can sit down in a room with, full of people and walk out with 10 new friends. I guess that's wow. just my personality. Yeah. But it's, uh, she said, it's, I haven't seen anyone like you before and I need you to develop this. And, and when I went to my next coach, he then told me the same thing. It, it's it's so interesting. And I don't know if they sat down to, to talk about, you know, after I went from her level to the next level, yeah, to the next coach. But I don't know if they sat down, but my coach Casey said the same thing. Yeah, well, I mean, there's no, they have no reason to tell you something that's not true. I mean, right. uh, I've heard that they're, you know, I mean, my daughter even said, you know, they're, they're, they're so brutally honest that if, yes. you, if, if, you're, if you don't have a thick skin, you're in real trouble. You are. That's the truth. Yeah, you, you have to, rejection is, if you're auditioning often, rejection is often. It's just happening that way. Yeah. Until your name is out there and until they start offering you roles, like we uh -huh. think you would be perfect for this role, please look over and let us know. The, the rejection is going to come often. I have a theatrical agent. I have a commercial agent. I have a voiceover agent. And I get all of those auditions all the time. How many do I book? I would say, and this is just a percentage, if I received 50 from each, I would probably book one. Really? Yes. I would probably book one, but that's, that's the nature of the business until they really start to get to know your work, your work ethic. Yeah. And who you are. I think I heard, I think it was, it was Michael Keaton. Uh, they were doing an interview with him and they were asking him about how he got through the early stages of his career. And he said that he looked at, every audition as this is my job. Yep. In other words, I'm going to, so this is my job for the day, right? And this is what I'm going to go do for the day. And I'm going to do this for a certain period of time. And then I'll go on to the next one and not getting emotionally attached to any bitter piece that he was actually trying out for, but to look at it as 
this is what it, this is what I'm here to do. This is what I'm doing. And even if it's for five minutes, then I'll go on to the next one after that. So what's been, what would you say has been the most difficult part about this so far? The most difficult part would be looking at the audition and seeing how large the role is, the production, and how that one role, if you booked it, could change your entire career. And you put all of this effort into it. You go through the coaching with the coaches. You go through memorizing the lines and just really ingesting all of that because you don't want to make it seem like you just memorize lines and you spit them back out. Yeah. You want to ingest this so they can look at you as you're auditioning and saying, this person really got into this role. It really showed us, you know, something that's absolutely wonderful. And you do all of that preparation and you sit and wait and you never hear anything back. And it's like, crap. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's like you're almost there, but you try, to, try not to put it in your head like, yeah, they said I was good, but not good enough. Ah. When you listen to other, and I listen to a lot of other casting directors speak on Instagram and other podcasts and all, and yeah. they'll tell you, they'll say, this person was absolutely wonderful for this role. We absolutely loved him or her. But we gave it to this person because of some other reason. Some other reason outside of their ability. The one thing that did stick with me is them saying, we never forgot that person. When yeah. they bumped. Out of all of these auditions, and every cast director will tell you, hundreds and hundreds of auditions, but they will not forget that one person that made them say, huh, that was interesting. Because if a role came in, and it has happened to me a few times, if a role came in that they thought fit, they sent it to me. And then they told my agent, this person, we believe this person is really good for the role. Please have them submit an audition. Yeah, for sure. So when you're waiting, <laughs> I can't imagine. I, I mean, to think about, you know, this is, you, you have somebody, this is their dream. They're doing this. They, they put everything they have into it. And then they wait for the phone to ring, right? Mm -hmm. What is the conversation that is happening in your head when you're waiting? <laughs> What's, what is that like? And, and if, if it's a difficult conversation, how do you master that? Or how have you mastered it? in order to be able to get through that waiting and the, the rejection when you don't get it? The waiting part is always that, that silent expectation of, for me, I say, and I, I say this out loud, today could be my day. Everything could change today. Okay. Anything can happen today. And when you have that moment of that, that silent wait, you know, it can be a day, it can be a week or a month or whatever, in your head, you're still, for me, I'm still training, I'm still preparing for a call to come in. Uh, these productions, they can say they're gonna start in the next two weeks. They may have a delay and start in the next two months, but they won't tell you. Oh, really? Oh yeah, oh no. So you're just sitting there waiting? Yep. They won't tell you, you know, it's that the production is the production side. So if they if they did choose you for the role, but they haven't told you or your agent yet, and they're in this additional prep time or whatever, getting contracts and stuff done, it was pushed out. Yeah. That in between is where 
you have to block it out of your head and just continue to prepare for the next one. Like for me, they a lot of people know me for, I guess, my physical attributes. You know, I am 6'3". I look like I've been working out for right. almost. Yeah. And I wake up every morning at 3, between 3 and 3.30 a.m. to go work out. Except Sundays. Except Sunday. <laughs> so six days a week. Yes. Six days a week. And I do it because I'm in prep mode for what's to come. And I don't know what's to come all the time, but I do know at some point they're going to look at my images and say, this person will be a good fit for the role. Let's send them an audition. Well, thank you, because I stayed ready, so I don't have to get ready. <laughs> that, yeah, let me, let me just write that down. I stayed ready, so I don't have to get ready. Absolutely. Who it, taught you that? Did somebody teach you that? Did you come up with that on your own? That's genius right there. No, <laughs> thank you. I've, um, I've heard it. I've heard it mentioned a few times before and in 20, let's see, 2015, it's a matter of fact, it was the summer of 2015. And this is one of the things that I did once I made it, well, once I moved here to California, I wanted to put myself out there as an actor, but I, I needed to find the best way to do it. Okay. So I've always, and after I moved here, I had an interest in a few superhero roles. And one of them had to be John Stewart, who was also known as the Green Lantern, and or one of the Green Lanterns. Uh huh. But he's a major character because he's a he's the Green Lantern trainer. He's like the guy that they all learn from because of his abilities, his demeanor, and everything else. They were developing a movie with John Stewart, and I said, you know what? I think I'd like to play that role. So I started pushing myself out there with the image of John Stewart, the, the comic image, and my image. And that picked up steam almost immediately to where I put out a 36-second trailer that a friend of mine helped me with, her and her company. And this thing went viral to where I was getting phone calls and emails and articles written and images made of me in, and sent to me in Instagram and Facebook. And you know, there were some people stating you know, they want other people for this role. Huh. But then I had a lot of other people who did support me. It's like, you're a new face. You look wonderful. We've seen your demo reel. We think you would be a good fit. And to this day, and that was 2015. Here we are in 2021. I am still prepping just in case I get a call from the likes of DC Comics, Jeff Johns, and whoever else who was on the board to say, we'd like you to come in to audition for this role. So you're doing this to get ready for this role. You, one of the things that I think is fascinating about this is that there's no guarantee, nope. right? It's not like you know you're going to get this. Yet you've disciplined yourself to do this regardless of that in preparation mm -hmm. that when the right thing comes for you, you're going to be ready for it. You're not going to have to like dive in and get ready to be able to meet some deadline. Nice. And when, when I talk with people that are on journey for success for themselves, this is one of the main things that they have difficulty with staying disciplined in mm -hmm. order to uh, like, as you said, 
prepare themselves for something that's coming futuristically, but there's absolutely no guarantee to do it. And they're constantly battling in their mind um, disappointment, fatigue, mm -hmm. uh, doubt, worry. Do you battle those things? Is that something that you have to work on overcoming on a regular basis? It's not. It's not. Uh, no. Has I, it ever been? It, it has been. Oh, yeah, it has been. But I had to train myself not to worry. I had to train myself not to doubt. And had to speak these things because it's words have power. Yeah, I mean, so say, please say more about that. Like, how did you do that, and how do you do it? So it's for me, it's it's a like of affirmations. Okay. And you know, I go back to what I heard. You know, in my first few months in my acting class, and my my instructor and my coach would would say it out loud. He's like, "You need to tell yourself that you are enough." You need to tell yourself that you have the ability to do this role. And if they don't accept you, then it's their loss, not yours. And that's when the training starts coming. It's like, well, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, and I'm not being arrogant or she's not being arrogant when she says it's their loss. It's, you have gifts. Everyone has a gift that they can bring to whatever it is. Okay. If they don't accept it, it's not anything that's against you. You just take your gift onto somewhere else. So for me, it's I had to keep speaking it, keep saying it, keep training myself that I am enough. I am good enough to book this role. I am good enough for this situation, whatever it is. And I'm going to continue to pursue, even if I book or not, I don't. And that helped me to calm my, my nerves. It's, and when I say calm my nerves, you know, when we go into an audition room, they can be one person or they can be 11 people and i say 11 okay. because there were at one point at one audition there were 11 people in there and i walked in and i just thought to myself i'm enough i'm enough i'm enough and as soon as i looked at everyone sitting against the wall or at the table it's like okay i'm enough and i just opened up with hello everyone <laughs> and, and that broke the ice yeah i brought myself out in that in that very moment and that's when I learned if I can just go in and bring myself, if I can just remember that, you know, it's, I'm not going to get everything that I want. I didn't get everything that I wanted when I was young. Growing up, I didn't get every, I still don't get everything that I want today. But I have to continue to, to train myself and to remind myself that even though you didn't book, even though you didn't get this thing, just remember, you have come a long way in a very short period of time. And I have a, a really good friend, Ramona Wright, and she told me she lived out here for 15 years. Okay. And we used to hang out all the time. And we still talk, you know, we still talk a lot. And she said, Mark, you have done so much more than a lot of people that I've known that have been out here for 10 years in your five years of being here. She said, so don't take that for granted. Yeah. And that's when I was telling myself, okay, don't take this for granted. You're doing really good work. You're meeting people, you're building relationships. This is the, the perfect way to introduce yourself into whatever's to come. And it's my, my, my favorite statement, my favorite statement to myself is, is um, my destiny is waiting for my faith to catch up to it. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Say that again. My destiny is waiting for my faith to catch up to it. 
So we're already destined for something. Yeah. It's already there, but where's your faith towards it? And that's where, and that's the, the faith between the faith and destiny, that in between, that's where a lot of people give up. And I won't. I can't. I have the faith. I have the promise. Everything that I made to my mom that, you know, it's in my prayers. You know, I'm a believer. Yeah. And I'm going to make it. And, and that's just what I keep telling myself. Do you think that the promise that you made to your mom is part of what you needed to solidify your dream and like get you to fully in, step into it and embrace it? And Because a lot of what I hear you saying is that you prepare to be that person every day, yes. regardless of what's showing up. Yeah? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that promise I made to my mom was, that's like the cornerstone of this foundation that I have right now. Because I honestly believe if my mom didn't pass, but I was still acting, I would probably still live in DC right now. But doing, you know, it's still acting, but you know, commercials and, you know, other roles here and there, but not out here in California where I'm boots to the ground. I'm literally surrounded by all the, you know, every studio, major studio production and everything. It's right here. So I probably wouldn't be here right now. I mean, it's, that's just the honest truth. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It take, I mean, it, it obviously takes something for a person to step into that dedication. So many people approach life kind of like with one foot in one foot out, they're waiting for some kind of verification or guarantee that says yep. that it's okay. You know, that this is, this is the way to go. Mm -hmm. And I, I've heard so many people say to me, how do I know that I'm making the right choice? How do I know that I'm making the right decision? And, you know, my response is that you don't know. I mean, you never know for sure. You're not going to know till you get the feedback from what it is that you're doing. And then if you're dedicated to it, you need to make adjustments along the way. Absolutely. To be like, am, I need to get better at this. Absolutely. Here's, you know, here's what I have to do. Do you ever get or have you ever gotten uh, negative feedback in a way where like somebody's telling you, DeMarc, you can't do this. Give it up. You're never going to make it. Have you ever had anything like that? I had, I remember clearly there was a friend of mine who did tell me, I think you moved out to California too early. And I asked her <laughs> why. And she said, well, because, you know, it's, you, you didn't, you're still going through the morning of your mom. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot on you. And I'm pretty sure, you know, it's, there's a lot of weight when you're trying to do all this work. I mean, you're still doing your cybersecurity, but at the same time, you're pursuing acting. I said, well, there was no perfect time to move out here. There was no perfect moment. And I had to come out here to get my feet on the ground and to introduce myself into this industry from the classes to the people, to the, uh, the auditions and everything else in between. But if I would have taken her advice, if I would have just, if I would have spoken to her, and let, let me say that, if I would have spoken to her about my move before I moved, she probably would have tried to talk me out of it. And it's, it's just one of those things, you know, when, when you have a passion to do something, and just like you stated, when you have a passion or dream to do something and someone asks, like I have been asked, when did you know it was the perfect moment, the perfect time to do it? Uh, I didn't know. There wasn't. I just made a decision. And that decision paid off to where it is today. But I had to move. I had to put the one foot in, in front of the next 
and just start stepping forward. Right. You you said, and, and we talked before we started uh, in the recording here, mm-hmm. you said it's also for others who are willing to take the leap of faith to pursue their dreams. When when you when you talk about others and and what you do be also being for others, what do you mean by that? We're watched all the time. We're, we're often watched. Uh, people look at our journeys. I mean, they they will reach out to me and say, "Hey, I've been following your journey for years," or "You've inspired me to do this because I was sitting back on this gift that I have for so long." And I just needed some inspiration to start moving forward with it. It's for me that that is an honor and a pleasure. You know, I, I thank them for for following me and for inspiring me and for encouraging me to continue on because now they're pursuing their dreams. They're pursuing their their heart's desires. I had a couple of friends of mine who were who were honestly, really, really good singers, brilliant singers, but they were so stuck on the job that they were thinking that I need this job in order to survive. Uh And I can't pursue singing because I need this check. That's what holds people back. It's like, okay, I want to do this. I think I'll be successful, but I need this money. Well, take a leap. Just jump to the jump forward, do something, go ahead and sing, go ahead and dance, do something, whatever that heart's desire is. You never know what could transpire from that. Right. Somebody could be in place that one day at that one time and say, I would like you to perform an opening for who knows, you know, for for Bruno Mars. We would like you to open up for Bruno Mars. It has happened to a ton of people, but they had to say at that moment, I am going to step out and do this. And that person inspired another person to do it, who inspired another person to do it. You know, it's it's not what we often what we read or what we what we hear, it's what we see. Right. You know, it's, somebody can always tell us, yeah, this person did step out and they started their own business and look at it now. But it's what we see and the story and the journey that they tell us of how they got in there. So for me, it's this journey, it's, I have a father who reached out to me on Instagram who told me that my journey has helped his son, who was a senior in high school, to overcome depression because he, he felt that he wasn't going to be able to uh, attend his prom. He thought his, his senior year of football um, in sports was just canceled because of everything that's going on. Right. He, he reached out to me and said, your journey alone has inspired him and kept him happy and alive that there is still a chance for things to happen and for good things to happen. And he asked me to send him an autographed picture and I did. And he, he put it on a mantle. He has an autographed picture of me on his mantle. I can't begin to tell you what an honor that is. Yeah. Never met the, um, the young man, but he follows my journey. It's not just for me. It, I, I, I agree with you. I think that no matter what we do, people are watching us. And you're either an example of what you could be or you're an example of what not to do. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. 
So where are you going? Where are you going with what's next for you? What's your what's your ultimate vision? I mean, if if you want to share that. Oh, absolutely. My ultimate vision, I, I want to be a consistent working actor. You know, it's instead of auditioning and waiting, I, I want to get to that point to where I'm looking at roles now and I'm I'm being offered roles. It's like, okay, this looks like something that would be very interesting. You know, it's I want to have. I want to have that breakthrough moment to where now everything is just going in that direction of constant filming. And I, I hate to say this, I want to get to the point to say, oh, you know, I'm, I need a break. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I'm kind of tired. I think I want to sit back for like a month or two and not film. But, you know, in, in our passions, in any job that we have of fulfillment, that's what we want. That's where we want to be. We want to be in that position of, this is where I was headed. This is the direction I was looking at. I'm finally here. It's been extremely busy. I need a vacation, but I'm going to come back to it. So I think that people have, you know, you, when you say, I want to be a consistent working actor, when you think about all that entails, that is a really big deal, right? Yeah. To, to stay, to stay, well, number one, to be good enough. Uh, to be dedicated enough, to be relevant enough in whatever it is that you're doing, to be versatile enough yes. to be, to be, I mean, that is a big deal, right? It is. It is. And I look at the likes of, you know, Samuel Jackson. It's, he was the one person that I, I watched for a while. And it's like Samuel Jackson is in everything, but he, he was just consistent with his work. It's just, he was booked from one thing to another, to another, it's showing his versatility you know, showing his ability to adapt to whatever role it was. But he was working so much and his movies were in, incredibly good. It's like, that's the type of work I want to get. Right. You know, I, I'm looking at all these other productions because I go into IMDb and I look at what's in pre-production and what's right now being filmed and even in post-production. But there are a lot of things that I can look at and say, I would love to be in that that and that and that one for a year yeah you know it's four four productions in one year is absolutely wonderful it's a lot of work but I'm, I'm more than sure that i would enjoy that that type of work what do you think that it takes to be a consistent working actor your relationships with people your and when i say that i'm, I'm speaking about you know, how you are as an actor on the set, you know, because it's even that that's a business. It's like going to an office every day. If you have someone in an office that just doesn't get along with people, uh -huh. you know, they the office doesn't want to be around that person. Right. Can't <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's the same thing as a set, a production, television, movie, whichever. They want to be around people that are wonderful to work with and come prepared every time you know don't have to have all these outlandish demands and all i don't have any outlandish demands and anything like that i just want to work consistently so getting to that point you know you'd have to be a a wonderful person to work with and of course the industry the way it is marketable you know it's they're investing in you to bring back a return of investment Sure. That's just the way this works out here. And what, what makes an actor marketable? 
Is that because that's something that can be defined, or is that is that relative to the moment and the time in history that you're acting? Like what? Because I mean, I hear I think people hear that frequently. Like mm-hmm. uh, we didn't make that movie because it wasn't the right time in history to make that movie. So I mean, I've heard Clint Eastwood say, "Oh, I sat on that I sat on that script for 20 years because it wasn't the right time to make it." And then when he did make it, it was a huge big hit what is that for an actor though because an actor like you were talking about samuel jackson versatile enough so is is that something that you you learn you work on you train yourself for you train yourself for you do yes because there and i'm thinking back to my acting classes now where many of us walked in there and stated i'm an action actor i'm a comedian i'm this and i'm that and that's all we wanted to do but of course our coaches are like that's not all we're going to do if you're the type of who who loves drama you're going to do comedy this month if you're the person who loves comedy you're going to do drama this month and it challenges you and it's and i i equate that to weightlifting okay for me when i'm bringing you know 300 some odd pounds down on my chest to bring it to bring it back up it's, it's heavy, but it's strengthening me. It's giving me versatility to do other things. You know, it could be dips, it can be whatever. But that's the same way as in, in this industry. We're exercising our muscles in something different outside of our comfortable places, our comfort zones, to create that versatility. Like, we've seen Samuel Jackson do comedy. Yeah. You know, we've seen Ryan Reynolds do drama. But now, on the other sides, Samuel Jackson is one of the biggest drama actors, well, he could be, if I could use that, that one genre, out there. And right, right now, Ryan Reynolds, one of the biggest comedic actors out there. I mean, it's, but they both have those strengths and that versatility to do so. So we have to train for it. You really do. It's, it's nothing you can just say, oh, yeah, I can do that and just jump in because you can try to be funny and you're not funny at all. Right, right. There's a lot more to it than people think. Absolutely. And do you, so it, so when you're, when you're looking at your goal and your vision for yourself and your planning, are you literally sitting down going, okay, so I need to, I need to work on being more funny, or I need to work on building my skills for a, a dramatic role. And then you go into acting class and like, basically you sign up for it. You, you work on those skill sets. Is that the way it happens? In a sense, it does. And so when in acting classes, you don't know what you're going to do for the month. Oh, really? Nope. So you you can't go in there if you're saying, uh, yeah, I'm a theatrical actor. So, you know, okay. you're outside of commercial, but you still train the same way. But you can't walk in there and say, I'm doing drama only. And that's what I'm here for. That's not going to work. Because it's like my, my coach said, Margie Haber, she said, there are light moments in drama and there are heavy moments in comedy, which is true. Light moments in drama adds a new dimension to where in that really dramatic scene, there's a moment in there that's so light, it allows everyone to take a breath. It's like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes you need that. Yeah. And in, and in comedy, it's the same way. You're laughing, you know, it's, it's, it's so amusing at a point to where that, 
heavy moment actually brings the entire twist to the storyline. And it's like, wow, I didn't see that coming. And it adds more to the to the whole film, right. to the whole production. So again, you don't know what you're training for, but you're just open. You're an empty cup going in there. You're there to learn. You're not there to teach the coaches. They're there to coach you. Because you're not going to get whatever you want every time. It's just not going to happen, even in your auditions. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What, what, if you were to recommend an acting school for somebody to go to, what, where would a person go if they wanted to be an actor? What, well, what acting school? There are a number of them out here in Los Angeles. And I started with, I moved here in January 2015, and I started with Margie Haber Studios in February of 2015. Immediately. I went to the orientation in January of that year. Yeah. I sat through it, and I knew at that moment, this is where I need to be. And without question, that was the best decision I've made. And they start you, and what I love about her studio is they start you off on your level that they believe that you need to start on. So oh, I didn't really? come in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't go in just to one particular setting and you start learning all these things. I came in at fundamental, which is teaching you the fundamentals of auditioning and learning to get the relationship of you and the character that's on the paper and ingesting all of that and getting to know this and you know everything else to where once I was good enough to go up to the next level, which was about a year, I went to intermediate and that taught me even more. And that was, that was more, I remember that coach was on the comedy side, but he also brought more drama. He brought techniques in to where I went from fundamental to intermediate to advanced. Now I'm in a class where I'm starting to recognize people I've seen on other programs, other episodes and TV shows like, wow, I know that person. I've seen this person. Wow. Yeah. And then from there to the master class. And the master class is when you've booked some roles, some really good ones, co-stars, guest stars, even some, some series regular roles. And now you're learning how to stay sharp. You're learning even more about yourself as an actor. I didn't learn a whole lot more about myself until I got to the master class. Really? Oh, absolutely. And I remember after that weekend, so you do a weekend, a three-day weekend before going directly into the constant master class. And you learn so much about yourself. You just leave, you leave out on that Sunday scratching your head like, why didn't I notice about myself <laughs> for the past 20, 30, 40 years? But it's something that's inside of you. A lot of times we bury. We just don't want to bring that, that yeah. out. There's a lot of personal growth involved when oh, you start really get going in there. There is. Yeah. And that's, that's the part that you learn in acting classes. Because it's not just about learning lines and all. Yeah. You literally grow. You have, you have to grow up. And you have to be vulnerable. Because there are many times where you are going to be on a set where they might change the entire script on you and you have to know how to adapt or they might change the entire scene on you and you have to adapt. I mean, it's anything and everything can happen, but you have to have that training in order to at least have that grounding, that foundation to move on with it. Right. How often do you see people come in 
And like they come to California, they have a dream, they they get into acting school, and like their mindset is is something like I'm going to get in there, I'm going to be a star, and mm-hmm. and actually quit. Like like it's too much for them, or it's it is they can't handle the rejection, and they how often do you see that? I saw that a lot. You did. I saw that a lot, and it's because they were searching for something that they would never find. And that was the instant gratification of, okay, I'm taking acting classes. I'm now SAG and they're going to start calling me. And this was actually um, a really good friend of mine. She said this. And when she moved here and I tried to coach her because I was here two years before her and I tried to coach her into, no, please take these steps because it's not going to happen like that. And It didn't work out the way that she wanted. So within six months of moving here, she was back where she came from. And, you know, it's when when you come out here with that dream, because what I'm told, there are between 20 and 30,000 people a day who move here to California to to become a day. day. That's what that's the, the percentage. And they said, on average, every month, those who leave are a little 10% more than what moved here. And so, you know, if it is 30,000, I mean, you're looking at, you know, 40,000 who are are leaving. So it's, again, it's the thick skin, the training, just the determination alone, uh, learning how to accept rejection and just keep moving forward. Everybody we're looking at on TV and in the films right now have been through this. Unless they've had family who are already in it and they introduced them. This is my son, daughter, uncle, aunt, whoever, and brought them into the fold. But majority of the people, I would say 99% of everyone we're watching right now, have been through those motions. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, that, you know, that is, is the, the pursuit of success will wash out the weak. Yes. For sure. You know, I mean, it is, um, you have to want it bad enough uh, to, to really be able to withstand all of that growth and looking at yourself and being radically honest with yourself. Where do I need to grow? Where am I weak? What do I need to work on? Being able to take advice from people, to take direction and, and not take it personally. I imagine for yes. some people taking it personally is going to be a horrible experience for them. I was just about to say that. Yes, you hit the nail right on the head, taking it personally. And that's the brutal honesty that comes from the likes of acting classes. Yeah. And my, my acting coach, I mean, again, Margie loved me, but she was not easy on me. Really? There were, oh, <laughs> there were many days I walked out of there like, what in the world happened today? Yeah. But the following day, or the fall, so it's like a Monday, Wednesday class. On that, if she gave it to me on Monday, like, look, you need to work on this. And, you know, it's you need to do something else. Think about this. Do do some exercises outside of class that help you get your mind together. If she told me all of that and was just really, you know, boot to the chest with it on that Wednesday, and it, it's it's every day when we went in there. But I would walk in, and you know, she she would embrace me. She'd give me a kiss on the cheek. It's like, oh, we're going to have fun today. It's like, you don't remember what you did to me on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> but 
I mean, that's 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 her. That was her method because Margie's been in this industry for a long time. Yeah, and she's seen people come in, come in, and she's seen people leave, and yeah. she knows. I mean, she she sees it in the, their faces, in their demeanor, who's going to be around for the long the long term, and who's not. But her her job is to make sure that you're prepared either way, and she's not going to cut any corners. Yeah, and she didn't cut any at all. I can, I can imagine. I mean, uh, I mean, if you're, if you're, well, I don't know her, uh, but I would imagine that if you're, if you're in the, in the field of helping people become and find their greatness, you have to be able to push them to the edge of growth because if they don't grow, then, then nothing changes. And of course, then she wouldn't be who she is. Right. That's the truth. I mean, you're getting what you, you're getting what you paid for. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of wrapping this up, Mm-hmm. What is the advice that you would leave other people based on what you've learned and and the dedication that you've put into your journey? I mean, just mm-hmm. the other thing I, I want to. So there's one other thing I wanted to, to add to this. Do you think your mom's watching you? Absolutely. You do. You feel I that? Do. I do. do. Yeah, and that every I have a picture that's on the on the refrigerator. And every morning when I wake up, I say, good morning, mom. And I kiss the picture. I know she's watching. That's beautiful. I do. I, I know she's watching. They were, And this is a true story. And this just brings me back to um, the summer of 2015. God honest truth. It's it's hot, of course, in uh, uh, in L.A. And during the summer, I had my windows down in my car, all four windows down. I'm in traffic at a light and the wind starts blowing. And I smell my mother's favorite perfume. No. And immediately I was like, that's my mom's favorite perfume. And I look around to see if there's anyone around me who might be spraying it or whatever, because it, it didn't, it didn't smell like it came from a distance. It came to smell like someone sprayed it in my car. Yeah. And I, I looked around to see if anyone else around me had their windows down or whatever. No one, no one's windows were down. No windows down. Every window was up. They were running their air conditioning. And I looked at the sky, I said, that was you, mom. I know it was. Yeah. So yeah, she's right. For sure. That stuff is so wild when it happens. It's mm-hmm. so, so affirming, right? So it is. I love it when that stuff happens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so well, thank you for sharing that. That was, that was amazing. And what is the advice that you have for people? My advice in this industry is... One, set a goal, set a, a realistic goal for yourself. Because we can look at others on screen and say, oh yeah, they're doing amazing. I'm gonna make it there one day. Just take one step at a time in this industry. Learn the, the basics, you know, learn, build relationships, to go slow with it. Because okay. th- things will come. Again, don't take anything personal. That's just the way it is in this industry. You okay. know, that if it can come one day and be gone the next. You know, we, we hear about a series that we watched on TV and it's like, oh, I love that series. And then the next week it's canceled. What happened? We don't know, but those things can happen. Yeah, it can happen on your, on your journey along the way, but don't take it personal. Just stay prepared, be humble, and things will come. 
you know, it's you just have to again for me. I just stay ready. I I don't think about the roles. I watch I all the productions. I just I stay ready for when whatever can happen. And I say that because, and this is a very short story. I mean, a long story condensed. I remember one evening, I went to bed early, and I call it early, like um, ten o'clock, because it was actually three. <laughs> right. I went to bed early because I had a, a headache from not drinking enough water. Okay. And it was a dehydration headache. So actually it was at seven o'clock. I went to bed at seven because I remember. I went to bed at seven o'clock and I drank a ton of water before I went to bed. The headache subsided. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, it was, I couldn't wait to go to sleep because it was terrible. Went to sleep. The water woke me up at 1 a.m. I rushed off, I come back. And I just happened to look at my phone. There were two missed calls, two text messages, and two voicemails. I wasn't going to look at it at first. And I was like, well, let me look at this thing. And I looked at the text messages first, and it was from a casting director. And he asked, are you available to be on the set in Santa Clarita at 5 a.m. tomorrow? Well, it was already tomorrow because it's 1 a.m. Uh-huh. I was like, so what do I do? Do I respond? Do I just leave it more than likely probably found somebody else but i responded via text message i am ready or i I am available just in case you know my apologies for the delayed response put the phone down jumped into bed five minutes later he texts back so now we're texting back and forth about okay um well can you give me your your sag number can you do this can you do that and he's going into the website he's checking all these other things he's sending notes to the production and they're responding to him. Now, again, this is at one something AM. And then he calls me at 2 AM to tell me, okay, you're booked. <laughs> they're, they're expecting you on set at 5 AM in Santa Clarita. It's like, okay, uh, great. I don't know the production. I don't know anything about what's going on. I just know I need to bring my own suit, uh, black suit, white shirt, black tie, and my shoes. I packed all of that. I set my alarm for an like an hour and a half later, I jumped into bed. Of course, I couldn't sleep. <laughs> no, you're not going to sleep. No, I just booked a role without having an audition. But I was like, this is great. Okay, this is going to be fun. So long story short, jumped up, jumped in the shower, jumped in my clothes, had my bag already packed, got in the car, drove to Santa Clarita. And there was a van waiting for me at the, um, at the bottom of the hill. It took me about an hour and five minutes to get there. A van waiting for me, took me up the wardrobe. They looked at everything. They were like, oh, this looks great. I'm like, all right, this is great. What, what production is this? And no one's answering me. And so I, um, I signed a waiver because everyone's moving really fast. And they take me to my trailer. I sit in the trailer. I have some fruit in there. It's like, oh, I have fruit. I have food. <laughs> and then um, the assistant AD comes over. He picks me up and he takes me to the golf court over to the, um, the golf cart and over to the production. Uh, I meet the director. And he's telling me about the day and everything. And he's like, and you're going to be driving this car. I'm driving a Maybach for like the, the very first time ever. And it's like, I'm driving this humongous, brilliant, beautiful car. And he's like, oh, and by the way, um, you're Jane's best friend and bodyguard of 20 plus years on this show. And I was like, okay, that's great. And I hear him yell out, ladies and gentlemen, Felicia Rashad today is her first day as well. And I'm sitting there looking like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm in a TV show with Felicia Rashad 
and I am her best friend and bodyguard of 20 plus years in this show. And she looks at me and says, well, we have a lot of catching up to do, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) So we sit in the car for an hour while they're setting up the production around us. And we talk. And it was a series, Jean-Claude Van Johnson with Jean-Claude Van Damme and Felicia Rashad. And the thing is, I was ready. You were ready. When that call came in. So it's, and that's when I really learned you, you got to stay ready because it can yeah. happen. And I'll bet it's one of those things also where if you weren't ready, that would get around. Oh, absolutely. Right. Like yeah. they would be like, don't call this guy because he's not ready. You know, right. forget him. Right. Exactly. So that carries, that's going to carry on. Right. You build a name for yourself and you, and you have a, uh, you have a history of, of your work ethic and, and, and how you show up. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that was that is a great story. Thank you. <laughs> That's a great story. Well, listen, Demark, it has been an absolute pleasure. I learned so much. This whole idea about consistently being ready, you know, for the yes. opportunity that's going to come. I mean, what a fantastic lesson. Thank you so much for sharing that and being on the Successful Mind podcast. I really, I really, it was a great honor. Thank you. Thank you, David. It's an honor to, honor to be here. I appreciate you greatly. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff. Okay. That's it. Wonderful. And that was, that was fantastic. Thank you Thank so you. much. Yeah. I, oh, I, I have so much fun telling my story. It's a great story. Thank you. And that story could be a movie. So, my friend is telling me the other day, she's like, you need to write a book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honest to God, that is, that is just absolutely remarkable. The, and people love those stories. You know, it, it touches their heart and I think it inspires them. Yeah. It does. It does. And it's even my friends back East who are, and I had people that I worked with on uh, house of cards and because when they were filming both of those in Maryland at the, at the time, I was on both of those shows. (laughs) Wow. I had a recurring role on Veep, but I I did two episodes of house of cards, but uh, I had friends of mine. It's like, Oh yeah, we're going to move out to LA too. And we're going to do all of this. I'm the only one who came out. And they're still following me. They follow my journey to this day, still encouraging me, giving me, you know, a, a bunch of love. And it's wonderful. 